For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. This is the, the I was about to say Phoenix Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals uh, show. We do this every week. I am your one of your hosts, Javon J. Love Adams. And beside me is the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Ed Easy Smith, what is up, man? Man, all is good. We got through Thanksgiving, bro. <laughs> season's coming to a close here. We got a month to click this out, but uh, yeah, we, we got a we got a rough one to talk about, man. So, what we do for those of you that are new, we say thank you. For those of you that listen all the time, we say thank you as well. We recap the previous week's game, and then we talk about some of the issues or or some of the things that we see as, that have resulted as a from that game, and then we go ahead and look forward to the upcoming week as well. So this week. As you mentioned, Ed, it is going to be looking at a little bit of a bloodbath. So the Arizona Cardinals, they came up way short against the Los Angeles Rams at home. It was their first time being at home in, uh, in about a month. So I'm going to give you just a couple of, just, just some numbers here, Ed. Just some numbers. Give them to me. All right, so these are all, these are all, first I'm going to give you the Rams and then the Cardinals for each one of these numbers. First downs, 27 to 13. Rushing yards, 132 to 74. Passing yards, 427 to 163. Uh, we look at total yards, 549 to 198. We look at time of possession, 34 minutes and 37 seconds to 25 uh, minutes and 23 seconds. You look at total plays. Let me count this up real quick. We have four, uh, 70, 75 plays for the uh, for the Los Angeles Rams compared to 55 for the Arizona Cardinals. No matter which way you look at it, it can it comes out in favor. Third down conversions: eight for 15 for the Rams, two for 13 for the Cardinals. It was just a disaster from the jump. Your thoughts on this, and then I want to get into maybe some of the psychology of this. You are, of course, a former professional, not only uh, football, but baseball as well. So I think it comes into the psyche of just the professional athlete is what I want to get into in just a moment. But your thoughts in terms of looking back on this this bloodbath, because I think the Rams, and this has been on Monday and then today, they were talking about local media that the Rams... They, they called off the dogs a little bit. This could have been worse oh, yeah. than it ended up being. So your thoughts on this game? Well, first off, this was a get-right game for the Rams. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if it's going to be too late for them because they're, you know, trailing a couple teams for that last wild card. <clears throat> but, you know, the Cardinals was exactly what they needed in terms of coming in here. And it was it was a beatdown from start to finish. Good Lord. Um, I was a little worried. I think last week we talked about this game and, I, I kind of gave an elevated score. I didn't think it would be this bad, though. I thought the Cardinals would win this game just because I thought that they would come off of the bye. 
a little bit invigorated is, is too strong of a word, but maybe just a little bit more focused. Whatever whatever word you want to use, but I was definitely wrong. Well, with five games to go, you know, obviously the Cardinals' record is not what it, we what we would want it to be here. Mm-hmm. But they had been playing in each game. They've been you know kind of hanging in there, even taking some leads in the fourth quarters and everything. So that was kind of that's been their mo. This was the one where they came out and from start to finish they were manhandled on all fronts, meaning uh, the offensive line of the Rams, they just devoured our defensive line, mm-hmm. ran all over us. Jimmy, uh, no, I was going to say Jimmy Garoppolo. Huh. Um, Goff, Goff came yeah. out and threw the ball all over the place. They got everything they wanted from their side of the ball. And then defensively, they were just all over Kyler all day. And the other thing is not that they just get manhandled on the field. In my opinion, they got manhandled coaching-wise as well. Okay, There was, I mean, whatever the strategy or game plan was, Coming out of the box, that didn't work, and there wasn't an adjustment to be made for those whole 60 minutes of play, and it showed. I mean, this, like you said, this could have got a lot worse than it actually did, um, and this is how bad it is. They actually brought Blake Bordelais in to finish <laughs> this one off. They, they, they oh, called off the dogs by bringing Blake off the off the bench, so you man. know it was bad then. Well, you, you also know it was bad, sorry to interrupt you, but no. Jared Goff, during the month of November, had zero touchdown passes, and in this game, he had two. And Jared Goff is much maligned this season because of because it's it's because we know that last season it's almost as if he was an extension of of McVay, and because people were maybe catching on to 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 their their scheme, so to mm-hmm. speak. Now he was he was struggling, but with 424 passing yards. It made him look like a He's pro, a pro bowler. bowler, yeah. Right. And you know the crazy part is you mentioned earlier they were coming off their bye week, and then you look at you know they got through that twelve game stretch, you know where it was is rough, you know that, mm-hmm. that's a long stretch to go on. Yes, getting your bye week and week thirteen or whatever it was, right? And then you come off that and you look at the calendar, you're like, okay, we got five weeks to go. Let's go out there and show out, and you know, and you would think win some jobs, and you know maybe show <laughs> that we're right. uh, on the right path. And they came out and laid a straight egg, man. And it was it was funny because I I, I was I've been waiting for this game. Okay. And there were other weeks where I thought it might happen. Yeah. And then I kept thinking, well, maybe they are inching closer to being that team that you know that coming together. And then from the very beginning of this one, it was like, man, they forgot to come out the locker room and they just left it all in there, yeah. almost like this. You know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of a team. In week seventeen, that knew like season's over, right? You know we're bags already. Yeah, nobody wants to get hurt. You know, and we just my goal is I'm gonna go out there and play, but I don't want to play too hard because I don't want to get hurt. I'm gonna make sure I protect myself. It was you would have thought this was whatever the last game of the season is. You'd have thought this was that game because that's how they went out there and just put on what they put on display. A couple of things that I want to talk about that goes directly to this game, and even as we're looking ahead to the, the to the Steelers that are that will be coming in this week as well, because they have what the next two the next two home game the next two games are home if I'm not mistaken. So there's a total of three. So this past week was one, and they have two additional home games coming up. But the I'm a gentleman. I'm I'm typically a quiet person. Typically a quiet person. So oftentimes I get when I in, in the corporate world when they look at you and say, "Well, you're not the rah rah type. You need a rah rah guy because we need to see that passion." Mm-hmm. When the rah rah type can be just as have lack so much passion, and all he does is just p- portray it outwardly. Um, so what I'm getting at is demeanor. One of the things that I heard quite a bit was 
Kingsbury's demeanor is almost as because he's seeing, he's not showing that he's so frustrated to the media. And you compare that or contrast that with McVay feeling when he was talking to the media after the game and just seemed to be focused, etc. That's the thought. That's the perception. Oftentimes, perception becomes reality. But is there something to that? Does a coach have to, after a loss of this magnitude, have to come out and yell uh, in front of the media, or does, or should that be, ha- should that take place behind closed doors? The the demeanor of a coach is the first thing I want to talk to you about. Is when you does do you have to be demonstrative and be that type of guy? in order to be able to to win over a city or win over a locker room. I'll use a great quote, quote from the great uh, uh, the le- legend out here, Denny Green. Okay. you They are who we thought they are. Okay. Meaning with Kingsbury, he is who we think he is. Right. At least from what we're seeing. For me, and, you, and here's the thing, the tricky part of being a head coach, you can't mask, you can't wear masks. Right. You can't be... This way in front of your players, okay. and go out and do the you know the whole uh, thing with the media, you know, fiery and this and that. The other thing, you have to be who you are. Otherwise, what happens is players see that they see the the fakeness of doing this, and then you want to talk to us that way. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he's going to have to find some way in his own demeanor to light a fire under this team, not just for this year, but for moving forward. Okay. If he stays who he is, you know. You're going to have to be so superior in X's and O's that, you know, that can maybe overtake the, the fact that you're not getting the guys fired up. For me, I, I just, you know, I, I remember we can go all the way back to the beginning of the season. Remember we talked about being the CEO, not just an offensive coordinator. Right. Or, you know, now he's, his, his duty is somehow he's got to light player 1 to 53 on this roster up to get them ready to play each week. Mm-hmm. Thus far, we haven't seen that. We obviously haven't seen it from the offense. The defense was playing Ole out there, you know, so and all the, the questions about Johnson, is he the right guy for that job after one year? Should we be looking for a defensive coordinator? And we've talked about it from, you know, just continuously. I don't think they have all the pieces and parts to be a great team or even a good team right now. But you look at what somebody like, and let's bring this up, you look at the team that's coming in here, Steelers. Mm-hmm. They've got a fourth-string quarterback. Cause they actually, this dude, Hodges, was right. actually fourth on the depth chart. They traded three. He's been bumped up to sit in for Rudolph. Right. Look what they did at home against Cleveland last week. Right. For a, basically a fourth-string fourth quarterback. They went out there. They played with motion, with passion. And I'm, I'm proud to say I actually picked the Steelers to beat Cleveland last week because there's something about that, you know, you got a, a coach that you'll run through a brick wall for, especially after the, what those two teams went through a couple weeks ago. I knew he was going to have them focus. The question for us is all the way through this season, when have we, we seen that, that like, well, they put the blinders on the horses, right? When have we seen that blind passion and aggression and focus from the Cardinals? I haven't seen it yet this year. And this was just... This was an episode, early, I'll pick another game, earlier this year when the Falcons came in here. I said talent usually over, will beat, I don't care how bad your record is, mm-hmm. the talent you come in here with will just overmatch what we have on the field. Mm-hmm. Falcons came in here just as unfocused as us, they got their tails beat, we, we got that game. Man, the, the Rams, with all that talent they have on both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. they came in here focused. And I know we're going to get out there. We'll get into some, some statistics and stuff like that. But I want to bring a name up for you here. Okay, okay. Let me look at this real quick. Oh, my goodness. Do you know the name 
Uh, Tyler Higby. <laughs> Tyler uh, Higby. Could that be a tight end? That would be a tight end. Yeah. Seven receptions, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Right. How come we cannot get that fixed? That is a that is an indictment on, you know, you see something all through the season. At some point, it's like, we're going to take care of that. We're going to take care of anything else. We're going to take care of that. The fact that we let Tyler Higby come in here, mm-hmm. back up tight end, and he had the game in his life, and it's like that's just a, another sign to me that, wow, maybe we're a little further off than I thought. So along those lines, if we're talking about – so if you're, when, if you're comparing, let's say, I, I like the fact that the consistency – if nothing else, I guess Kingsbury is, is consistent with his with his calm demeanor when you compare him to a Tomlin. Tomlin, he in a in a victory, he's he's intense when he's talking about maybe the things that they need to shore up and do better. And in a in a defeat, he is accountable and he's right there and he's accountable for what for what needs to what needs to change and what needs to take place. The lack of the lack of of effect they were just ineffective mm-hmm. on. Do you? I've heard this said a couple times after the game. I was listening to to Ron Wolfley and, and listened to a couple of others um, in terms of the the post game analysis. If the offensive and defensive lines are not bringing aggression, is that a sign that the team is not ready to play? In terms of their the the offense offensive line was dominated. The defensive line just didn't seem as if they were as if they were fired up and ready to, to play that game. Is there any validity to that, or is that maybe a little bit overblown? Couple things that can mean the, the way they came out and the way they played this game. You either don't have the right people on this roster, or they're not being prepared for what they're getting ready to get into. Meaning, and and this could be come from coaching staff not preparing them or they're not getting in their playbooks and knowing exactly what they need to do. We remember at the beginning of preseason, we were a little concerned because of the the, the defense didn't look like it was flying around, which we still haven't seen. Right. For me, that was like, well, we've got to give them a break because it's a new system, new coach, some dudes, you know, we switched back from the 4-3 to the 3-4, so guys are still trying to figure where they fit, what their responsibilities are. And what happens is, you know, you move when you're thinking too much. You're moving at a slower pace because you're trying to, you know, I got to get to 12 yards instead of reacting and just, you know, playing football. Mm-hmm. To this point, man, at, at this point, you got to, I guess, throw everything into the equation. Are they being? Are they not prepared enough? Are they not studying enough? Uh, you know, are they not being motivated enough? What is it? I at this point, I can't tell because this. This game was the one that I think everybody feared the most. I thought it would happen a little more often, but this is the one at this stage in the season that you will have a whole lot of questions about the personnel, about the coaching, about the whole environment within that uh, 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 locker room. Because I'll be honest with you, I don't care what your record is, you got to show a little more pride than what they showed. And, you know, I was talking to somebody, uh, I think it was yesterday, that had actually happened to be at the game, and it was worse in person than we saw on the TV. And I know, I know mm-hmm. Earl and Sean uh, went out to the game, and I, they might not even last it through the third or fourth quarter like a lot of people did. Right. But, you know, you go out and you put something like that um, on film, man, that's hard, to, that's hard to come back from. With this, with only four games left in the season, it's like if they all the goodwill they started by at least being in games, winning on that three-game win streak, that'll all be forgotten. And going into January and February, man, We'll be talking about them like dogs all the way, uh, you know, till next season. So along those lines, so when you talk about Vance Joseph uh, being the being the defensive coordinator, 
is it do, do you think I know we mentioned the possibility is it they, that they're maybe not being coached up or maybe he just doesn't have enough on that side of the ball but do you think that he's that he's part of the problem I find it hard to, to, to believe I mean he's, he seems like a good coach um, I just I find it hard to believe that he forgot how to coach uh, the defense side of the ball that quickly I just I really I lean further toward the fact that we just don't have those those stallions. Okay. In the barn to get it done. Okay. That's part of it. But it's a whole equation. This is just like anything. You got to take the pie and you cut it up, and then you decipher how much blame goes here, goes there. You know, right. it's an equal distribution for me in terms of his coaching, um, not having the right players for his scheme, and just maybe not having a good scheme at all right now. So that's something that'll have to be addressed. Uh, like I said, more than likely in the off season because it doesn't seem like it's going to get better over these last few weeks. Here's something that. It, it just here's what it begs the question. You tell me how much this comes to play on a team that's bad or a team that's good or whatever the case may be. Since you've been in locker rooms and clubhouses, so leadership. Mm. So is it we Larry Fitzgerald, consummate pro, right? Uh, Aq Shipley. You have uh, I'm not sure where you will put this next couple. You have uh, Terrell Suggs. You have Chandler Jones. Shouldn't they, and I I, I guess I could say, but this year it's a little bit different because Patrick Peterson, because of what he had, typically would be a leader that I should mention here. But shouldn't, what, where does does the responsibility lie on the leaders or the so-called leaders in the locker room to make sure that, or not to make sure, but to, what is it, how much responsibility do they take for trying to make sure that the team is focused outside of the coaches? Because the coaches can only do so much. And so the, the leaders, the players, the ones that can actually go out and try to impact the game, how much responsibility does it's that It's critical. The thing is you have to have the right leaders in place, meaning, you know, I've been in locker rooms, and who would who's going to listen to Ed Smith back up or right. third-string tight end? It's got to come from those impact players. And this is something that we're going to have to look at a little deeper down the road with Kyler Murray, meaning okay. very quiet young man. Right. He's not a fiery dude. And then, I hate to bring this up, his stature sometimes is is a detriment to, you know, when, whenever you talk to somebody, you know, it's like, man, he looks so little out there, you know. So how demonstrative can he really be? Then you look at a Suggs who's on the tail end of that Hall of Fame career. Right. And he's on somewhat of a pitch count. He obviously doesn't have his best fastball right now. So, you know, I know he's probably trying to fire guys up, but when he's on and off the field, you know, it's hard for him to, I guess, be that dude sometime, you know. And then I'm not sure about Chandler Jones, Patrick Peterson. He's he's definitely, I'm not going to say he's casted in for the season, but he's really, he's not that dude right now for the Cardinals, you know. And he's probably just a, a he, it looks bad for him because the defense is so bad. So maybe we, we, we know we'd have to look deeper into it and stuff like that. But right, right. it's one of those things, man, I remember when I was in Atlanta, and I'm an offensive guy, but when somebody like a Jesse Tuggle would get up, you know, pregame and would talk, mm-hmm. I don't care who you were, you stopped and you listened. That dude was an impact player, right, our middle linebacker, because he's the quarterback of the defense. When he talked, I don't care who you were, offense, defense. The only time I used to see Jesse when I was giving him a look, you know, and button heads with him, and I knew how, you know, strong that dude was and his mental uh, capacity and everything and for, you know, taking that role and leading. You know, somebody like him, man, you know, and then you look on the other side of the ball, 
you know, uh, even a Chris Chandler that I played with, older dude, uh, wasn't fiery, but this dude, I remember a couple times making, uh, maybe, a, maybe not getting a block or doing something, and he'd look at me, he would tell me, Ed, you need to take care of, you know, so even he, I just don't see those pieces on this team right now, and part of it might lie on, like I said, you have to look on both sides independently, but as far as the offense with Kyler Murray, he, he's, he's got the skills as far as throwing the ball, um, they say he's a leader, but I haven't seen that take over, take charge leadership that I think, you know, every team needs from certain guys in certain positions on the, on the, on the team. Interesting. So, are there any other numbers that you wanted to go over before we get on to the Steelers game? Because it's, it's just bad all the way around. I mean, it's because I think it's interesting. You mentioned the the demeanor of, of the quarterback, of Kyler Murray. Here's something. That quiet, it's the, it's the quiet, uh, he burns hot, quiet, silent, hot, mm-hmm. right? But let that same thing happen next year, next season, and they're not performing, then it's why aren't you more vocal? And it's it's funny how when you're if you're winning, then when you're quiet, it can be great. Or even Strong if you're silent. even if you're loud and demonstrative, that it it can go either it can it can all of a sudden count against you. So I'm curious to see how that plays. Hopefully, they won't have to deal with this next season, and maybe they'll and, and they'll be trending upward next season as opposed to this season where it's just uh, it's it's a it's a falling stop. You know, I got to give him a pass too because obviously he's coming in face of the franchise. I'm talking about Kyler Murray. This is something he's going to have to learn to do. You know, this is something that um, maybe he's not in him now. I'm sure Kingsbury, and he'll have a whole off season yeah. to kind of grow, not just as I a think football player. You can player. grow into leadership. You can, yeah, you don't. There are there are those that walk in as if they're born leaders, and others that grow into it. And I think that that is definitely a possibility. I'll give you on the flip side. Look at a, a Baker Mayfield coming in, blowing hard. Right, and he's not a great leader. He he's somebody who. He's that dude that stands up because he wants to see everybody, you know, show everybody him beating his chest. So he's on the far end of the spectrum. Kyler is so far on the other side, meaning he's very quiet. Maybe you know doesn't command a room like others would. So we got to find a way to get him from there to the middle, at the minimum to that middle ground where you know he walks in a room or into a huddle or into a meeting and he commands more and demands more from the players. That's the other thing. You just can't be a leader running your mouth. You have to extract it from others, too, meaning everybody. Think about a Tom Brady. You saw him the other day um, in uh, Houston. He was mouthing, do better, yeah. do better. This is right in the middle of a game telling his players, you got to get open. You got to run faster. You got to do this. Kyler is not quite there yet, and we're going to have to find out over this offseason. Like I said, it's going to take a lot because he is very – Quiet and and kind of introverted, so that's a that's going to be a worry moving forward. But like I said, we have to give him a break because this is his first year, man. We we've asked a lot of him. Uh, he's been pretty good up to this point. Uh, we just have to see more, like you said, from that leadership and from that uh, you know stance that guys are going to make sure that every T is is crossed and every I is dotted to match his mm-hmm. intensity and his uh, pr- preparedness, if you want to call it. Yes, indeed. And so, Kyler Murray was also sacked six times in the game. And I think one of the things as we transition to the Steelers, which is their next opponent, they the the Rams they were free. They were happy to give up the the uh, underneath short, sure, yeah, because they knew that they weren't going to necessarily try to test them over the top. And they just really because if you're if all you're doing is dinking and dunking, 
then that's that's really not you're not really. Here, here's see. my question with this offense, and we can slide to Pittsburgh after this. At this point in the season, I keep asking, what do you have to lose? You know, I'm like, open it up. Everything you yeah. got. I mean, we should be throwing. We should be throwing three consecutive uh, uh, seam routes, you know, because like I said, at this point, we, you're not vying for the playoffs. I'll give you a perfect example. What did the Miami Dolphins That's do? Just what week? I was about to say. They had that trick play. Man, they had, right. They went into the trick bags, and I mean, and they're playing with some passion. And this is a team everybody thought could possibly go 0 and 16, and here they are beating the Philadelphia Eagles at home. By bringing it all out, man. You got Fist Magic out there, dropping back. They're throwing balls deep. They're coming up with the trick plays. I'm still waiting to see that from, you know, and maybe Kingsbury's like, well, I can't start doing that stuff because if that starts, stuff starts going bad, then we're really going to look, well, what do you think? You just went out there and got beat 34-7, to 7, being conservative and throwing everything sideline to sideline. Like I said, at this point, what do you have to lose, man? Let's go. True indeed, true indeed. So speaking of... What do you have to lose? Let's talk about the next opponent coming in, the seven and five Pittsburgh Steelers. Say that again. Seven and five Pittsburgh without Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger. Without Ben Roethlisberger, now. it was it was it's interesting because when Roethlisberger went out with the injury, there were quite a few people. Well, I won't say quite a few. I, at least two or three people that I that I heard with the opinions of this is probably liberating for Tomlin because he doesn't have to deal with Ben and his and his sometimes. Yes, yes. So sometimes he he has that, uh, what we talk about in in this social media age, the sub-tweeting. Sometimes he's uh, he's Mm passive-aggressive at times when it comes to his teammates. He he could give LeBron James a run for his money. You know, know I'm sick taking shots at your Lakers, but yeah, Ben, he could give uh, LeBron a run. Woo! Yes, yes, indeed. So the Steelers... They're coming off of a victory of the – they beat the, the Browns this past week. So they're coming into town. They are still very much alive when it comes to the playoffs. This is an example of a team who's what, – what is it? The sum total – the sum is greater than whatever their parts are. So they're coming in. This is – it's a well-coached team. And even if Tomlin isn't necessarily the biggest uh, on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, he has more of a defensive pedigree. But he is what you've talked about all season long. He's a CEO CEO. of a team when it comes to offense, defense, and special teams. What is your assessment of the Steelers team? And then talk about maybe how they stack up or maybe where they don't stack up well against the Cardinals. Well, this Steelers team, man, that's probably one of the most impressive teams for me, and regardless of the record of 7-5, you got other teams with more wins than them, but what they're doing, think about this, no Bell, no Brown, no Roethlisberger, uh, Connor's out, Juju Smith is out week to week every time you turn around, They, I couldn't even tell you who their wide receivers are, obviously we got them up on the screen right here, but they're doing right. it, straight. This, is, this is what you call total team Pulling and pulling everybody in the same direction. Right. You got a, you know, Rudolph took him as far as he could. You take this Duck Hodges. Rudolph, man. Yeah, Rudolph. Rudolph, man. You take Hodges, who basically was off the bench. You know, fourth string got moved up to third because they made a trade. Yes. Never even heard of this dude before. And he's out there in their offense. And they're playing. And what? Well, if you're watching the game on Sunday, watch how the Steelers fly around to the ball. Yeah. They get at it, and that's what you want a football team to do. It's and they're so aggressive. I this team, like I said, and this is Tomlin's. I don't care Super Bowls in the past. This is, to me is his best coaching job ever. You mentioned aggression of the defense. 
if we if we take this mirror and, and you know turn it back on on ourselves for a second with the Arizona Cardinals, would would you rather your defense play make make mistakes going 100 miles an hour or try not to make the big mistake going 75 or, or going at 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 half speed or three quarter speed? What would you rather than make go go 100 miles an hour and make those mistakes and be aggressive? Some of my early coaches, and I was just getting my feet wet in the league and stuff like that, and they were they would see that I was on film. I was like thinking too much, and I was you know trying to make sure I had perfect footwork and this and that and the other thing. And they they would tell me, "Look, man, just go out there and ball. I'd rather have you make mistakes flying around than you know you got the perfect technique, but the dude puts you on your back and and killed our quarterback." Right. It's all about competition out there. It's all about hey, man. We're going to go out there and prove ourselves that we are better than them. I don't see that from the Cardinals in terms of, like, like we keep talking about, like I said, they, they seem like they're out there um, almost getting ready to go to a concert later on rather mm. than getting ready to play football. Yeah. And it shows, you know, and the Steelers, like I said, they, they're the epitome of what we're talking about. What they're doing to this point, it's going to be, uh, yeah, we mess around here. It could be another repeat of last week. We'll get into that, what our predictions are, but... I'm, I'm a little scared about this game, man. Here's one of the interesting things, though, and this may or may not. We we know that the at home the Steelers are five and two. Mm-hmm. On the road, they're two and three. But conversely, the Cardinals just can't seem to make it curl quite right mm-hmm. at home because they're one four and one at yeah. home, and they're two and four on the road. I mean, it's it's one of those things when you look at the the Cardinals. It, it's funny because they. 114 yards per game. That's 14th in the league in terms of rushing. And conversely, with uh, the the Steelers, are 26 in the league at 90 yards per game. But it it just doesn't. I, I think this is one of those things that is going to be the 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 makeup uh, in the in the crowd. Oh, there are going to be so many Steeler fans. Uh, you, you, I think they'll be driving from mind. California to come this way, maybe driving from Nevada to come this way, because why not? And it's it. I I, I, I feel almost impending doom with this game. It just doesn't seem to be, even though they don't necessarily, that Juju Smith-Schuster, he's probably not going to play this game. Um, but it just seems that the because of that aggression, because of the maybe the, maybe passion is too strong a word, that the Steelers may have, may just be able to overcome their deficiencies and be able to, to, to come out on top. Steelers, Packers, Raiders, those organizations travel like nobody's business. And what's going to happen, this game is going to be like a home game for the Steelers. I'm almost anticipating that. And the other thing we have to throw into the equation right now, if I'm not mistaken, the Steelers hold that sixth spot. In the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'll check it. Yeah, because you take that. So, and even if they aren't in it, which I think they are, because Oakland dropped out, you know, your Raiders. Hmm. But with that being said, they are so close to getting that that golden prize. I talked to you about it last week, that playoff money, hmm. which is an opportunity to go get that trophy that everybody talks about. Right. They are so, I guarantee you, they're going to be so focused coming in here because they're, they're, they're not going to want to trip over themselves and say the only reason we didn't get in is because we didn't go handle our business in Arizona. So I expect the Steelers to come in here focused, ready to play. You throw in the, uh, the, the fact that we just laid this egg and then a lot of dudes, I'm telling you, at 3, what, 3-8-1 now is it? 3-11-1. 3-8-1. There's a lot of dudes that are fans for 
off-season vacations and they'd rather be Talk walking. about that because people really do that. They do. People do that, right? right. Because they know. Well, here's the thing. And I, I know for a fact there were some dudes that the last couple games of the season, they had already had their vacation plan. Now, the, 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 the caveat is, do you want to go on your vacation walking with crutches or do you want to go on your vacation you know, hands, you know, just all feeling good. And, you know, so those Man. last few games, that could decide. You go out there and blow something out. Right. So there's some dudes that are going to be making some business decisions these last four weeks. This could really get ugly down the stretch here. It's going to be but the biggest thing for me is can Kingsbury keep these guys together, keep them motivated, keep them focused, and, hey, let's go handle our business. Last week was an aberration. We can go out and we can do better than that. Like I said, the – the, 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 the barrier in front of us is going to be that silver and black or that gold uh, gold and black coming in here mm. with their fans ready to you know take that next step and we're we're in their way and uh, and the Steelers are number six number so six so right there at that so this is one of those things I, I'm curious to see how again we've said this many times after a loss or after a, after even a good showing for for the Cardinals whether it's offense or defense and it's been more offensive than defense of the season how they're going to react to this this is this is going to be telling from the standpoint of Kingsbury this is his opportunity this is his this is his opportunity when the light is really shining on him mm-hmm. now how will you not not as an offensive coordinator but how as the CEO of a team, how will you get your your team prepared for this game? He's going to be standing across from one of the masters at it. So this is going to be uh, one of those opportunities where we, we can look and we'll be like, ooh, that looks good and that doesn't look so good. And if I had to put my money on it, uh, Tomlin, I'm expecting him to come in here, troops ready to go, and the jury's going to be out on our Cardinals. Like I said, we'll get a chance to see, obviously, Sunday. But I, I'm a little worried about this one. <laughs> Yeah, and, and to that point, again, last last week when we were talking, we were worried about the three headed monster at running back and all these other things. A lot of that, a lot of that seems to fade away because of the way in which the lack of effort, the lack of intensity, all of those, all of those things that just didn't you would you expected just a better overall effort from the team. And so, if nothing else, we need to see that this week in order the victory. Maybe they'll fall short on the scoreboard. But do you feel that they need to win this game, or do, do it has to be they need to play as if their hair is on fire? There's no shame in, win, in losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it's how you lose. Mm-hmm. We even said there were so many people that were so up on the Cardinals this past week. You coming off the bye, you got a wounded animal, and the Rams coming in here, and there were so many people who jumped on the wagon like this is we got this one, and then they go do that. The thing for me is, you know. Toss this one out the window. This was a bad episode. We can't have Possible two. outlier. Yeah. Right. This is one that we know the Steelers are probably going to come in here ready to play. They got a lot to play for. Yes. Uh, they got the right leader. They're, they're, they're gelling right now. If we don't match them early, this is my key to anybody listening to our podcast here, and especially watching the game on Sunday. Say they get down early and dudes start checking out early. Ooh then you can actually say guys are actually starting to quit on the season or at least on this game. And that's one thing, as an organization, you never want to hear those words. So that's something I'm keeping my eye on. I want to see if these dudes come out, fly around. If things do get bad, you know, how bad do they let them get? All right. So speaking of get, let's get to our predictions. I think this, I'm just, 
I'm, I'm at a loss for words on this one. I think that the Steelers will come up victorious in this game. I think it might be one of those. I think it, it might be a 35 to 35 to 17. That you know, the only thing that I and I, last week with the Rams, remember, I was like 30 something to 10, whatever it was. Yeah, because they have high powered offense. Right. I just think there might be some turnovers that happen. We know that uh, it. What is it? Uh, Kyler Murray had a couple of interceptions. Yeah, last one was week. called back. One was called yeah. back, but still, it's. I think he might, he might be trying. He might try to do too much, and and try to as he's learning how to really be a leader in mm-hmm. that, this team. So that's what I think. For me, this one because the high powered Steelers offense is now running on pet. Uh, what was that other gas that, that what they're not not unleaded, but they got that plant based stuff they use. <laughs> you know? So they're not necessarily oh, high man. octane right now. Mm-hmm. But I still expect them to come in with a game plan that doesn't put everything on Hodges back. They run the ball. They do the short stuff. Then he's not afraid to throw the ball downfield either. This mm-hmm. this young dude actually lit it up by tossing a couple deep. What he got to field. lose? What he got to lose? So for me, it's gonna. I don't think the score is gonna get too far out of hand, but I don't see us necessarily. And watch, this will be the game where they come and they ball out. And I hope make so. us both wrong. I which hope would be so. Great. Yes. So for me, this is like a twenty-four or twenty-seven to seventeen game. All right. Yeah. So, on behalf of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams. We do this every week. It is the Believe in the Arizona Cardinals podcast. And so, like my partner always likes to say around this time. Until next week, be easy out there. Are you kidding? Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.